0: Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the cats. If it's a big deal to the big blue nation, we'll be talking about it right here on Locked On Kentucky. This edition of the show is brought to you by I Am Third Sports. We'll tell you more about them in just a bit. We've got a special edition of the show today. We're going to talk to Isaac Humphreys, who has a really cool event coming up in Lexington on Sunday, and i tell you what, I'll just jump throw it right to Isaac, and he'll explain what's going on.
1: Yeah, so I've got a benefit concert coming up on Sunday at the Lexington Opera House at 6 p.m. Uh, we are benefiting the Ronald McDonald House, so all the proceeds uh, are going to helping the families there who have sick children and are uh, going through a really tough time, so we're uh, we're really excited to be able to help those families out and help out the, that community. Um, I know for me, a big part of this whole process has been uh, v- very focused on the community, and I mm-hmm. wanted to help um, as many people of this Lexington community as I could. Because you know, when I was here, I just loved being a part of this uh, second home and being being so welcomed and. Um, I think I just really wanted to give back and I couldn't think of a better organization than the Ronald McDonald House to do that with.
0: Real quick uh, at the top here, we'll circle back to this at the end, the details about when, where, how to get tickets to...
1: Yeah, so tickets are on ticketmaster.com or you can go through the Lexington Opera House box office or the Lexington Opera House website. Uh, Ticket links are all over my social media, um, so Instagram, Twitter, all that sort of thing um so there's multiple
0: different avenues you can take (laughs) to get tickets gotcha um i kind of want to start out something that's probably you've talked about when you came to kentucky and all those things but in my memory your recruitment and getting to lexington in uk was kind of a whirlwind yeah Uh, you you reclassified Mm -hmm. i mean you you were one you know a couple years ago now it seems to be so common so many different guys doing it um, when did you realize that you could do that? And when did you decide you wanted to do that to come uh, a year earlier?
1: Yeah. I remember I was walking through like Nike town or something in Chicago or, or that Nike store in Chicago. And <laughs> my coach came up to me and was like, Hey, I think we can, uh, I think we could maybe reclassify to a different year. And I was like, Oh, what does that mean? <laughs> and, uh, he kind of just spelled it out for me. I'm like, sure. That'd be uh, pretty cool because I think we'd kind of agreed that, um, that we needed to kind of take it to the next level in order to achieve something so mm-hmm. I, we, we didn't want to really just kind of stay at that high school place um, and kind of just waste the year you know so mm-hmm. we thought we'd make the most of it and try our best at the reclassification and um, yeah we did all that I guess and Kentucky came on board and we're really interested so we uh, we just kind of got it done with them and it was uh it was a very interesting situation, definitely. Coming in at seventeen. I mean, it was crazy.
0: If I'm remembering correctly, there was there was rumors of someone else joining that team. And it was obviously you, I think. But I don't even know if you were aware that you were kind of a rumor. No, I wouldn't have had
1: any idea. I remember um like being on my visit and having people really uh just almost obsessed with like the fact that I was that I was just walking around, and I was just thinking, "What in the world is this place like?" <laughs> and then, uh, and then the news kind of broke, and it was trending like, it just it, it, it automatically started trending. And I was like, "What in the world? Like this is this place is crazy." So, um, yeah, that's kind of my first memory of Kentucky.
0: <laughs> What's your first memory of John Calipari? I'm always interested to see when guys get recruited, how they first make contact with him. Uh, my first memory, I was actually working out on the court and he called me and I
1: missed his call and then it was like draft night or something. So I obviously couldn't, I couldn't get him again. <laughs> um, but my second memory. Wait, was what? there a voicemail? No, no voicemail. <laughs> no, voicemail. <laughs> no voicemail. How'd you know it was him then? Did I mean? Yeah, I think he messaged me actually.
0: Oh ah, okay. I think he So, so it was a message. call. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Um, and I was like, oh, whoops, <laughs> <laughs> missed that one. But I was legitimately on the court working yeah. out. So I guess it's a good reason. Um, uh, but the second time we were at breakfast, it was kind of like my visit and we were at breakfast and these two uh, kind of, I'd say elderly women like came up and just started just loving on him and just like, oh, we thank you so much, coach. Like we love you. And, and my mom and I sitting there just like, what is happening? This is so weird. And uh, I think I was trending at that point too.
0: <laughs> and, uh,
1: so it was all sorts of things mixed into one. But that's kind of my one of my earliest memories of Cal
0: did the old did the elderly ladies try to get some info on you like nah. what's your game like (laughs) nothing they were just very locked on cow they just loved him Uh, yeah that's very true a lot of people (laughs) do um that's your first memory do you have pretty broad and you probably answered this before doing these interviews like a favorite moment at uk what was your kind of best memory i have so many
1: um i really i truly loved it here like i really did have an awesome time here um But obviously, my favorite basketball memory would be the North Carolina game, just playing well. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, it's like a weird feeling because we lost the game, but that's still, playing in that game, still one of my favorite memories um, of my UK career. Uh, I guess it's kind of weird that it was my last memory, but Mm -hmm. my last physical basketball memory. I obviously have so many still memories continuing, but um, yeah, I'd say that would probably be my or or playing at um at at Kansas that uh that was crazy as well that was a really cool atmosphere and also when we broke the uh, world record of sound I don't know there's so many like different yeah. things that you just I know you you're just not quite prepared prepared for mm-hmm. um, and just crazy stuff happens here.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about yeah. that. And, I mean, you know, you you talk about that North Carolina game. That's probably one of the best. I was at the game, one of the best live games that I've seen on a college basketball level. Right. I mean, I, we've talked about this a ton. And I think you guys might agree that in that game, you figured whoever won that game was going to win the national championship. Yeah. Yes. Um, And then, I mean, obviously it didn't turn out well the the way you guys wanted it, but yeah. it was just a, an amazing game to be a part of, I'm sure.
1: Yes, it really was. Uh, I still can't watch Luke May play, though. Yeah. It's still... Turns my stomach watching him play.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he—I well, guess he's finally finally wrapped up his North yeah, Carolina career. No, I know, career. right? I feel like, oh my god, every time I watch North Carolina, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> he haunts you, right? Um, I, I, let's. I'll, Kyle had had a nice write-up on you and, and, yeah. and just kind of start this this campaign about to spread the word about your event. And there was a line in it that I'm interested if, if you would allow me to to kind of get a little bit further into. Uh, you said I think uh, when you're talking about leaving UK. You yeah. told him I think I needed to find myself a little bit. It was not happening at Kentucky. I wasn't figuring out who I was or what type of player I was there. I just needed to be somewhere else. And you know, later on, you talked about how much you loved it here and still love it here. Obviously, mm-hmm. coming back to do this. Yeah. Um. But kind of spinning it forward, did you find what you were looking for? Um. Going to play pro ball, and if you did, what was it? I definitely found it.
1: Uh, I think last year I found it in that um in my G League. Slash NBA year, I um something just clicked for me, and I think it was, uh, specifically in this scenario, it was finding that system that just worked perfectly with my game, and having, you know, my coaching staff truly, kind of let me explore and and f- make mistakes and figure myself out and all that sort of thing. Um, you know, I was talking to someone about this yesterday, actually, an ex-player. I can't, I can't even remember. I can't even remember who it was, mm-hmm. but it was an ex player who was on my team at the time. Um, and we're just, we were just talking about how Kentucky is such a unique environment where I just finished in the NBA and I played maybe 10 minutes a game at Kentucky and uh, came. And, and the, the unique situation in that is you're behind all of these lottery picks, and it's like they're incredible players, and we're all incredible players. It's just a matter of finding where you fit kind of in that puzzle and I think in that situation I really just needed to find uh, an environment where I could try some stuff and figure out my game because it was, I didn't really know exactly what my game was at that point but being behind such amazing teammates and mm-hmm. such great players I think it was just really hard to figure that out at that time. Um, but in saying that obviously I like I said I love my time here, I learned so much here and uh, but I, I just think uh, I needed to just find an environment where I could just explore a little more and figure figure it all out because I just didn't know. I didn't know at that point.
0: Now, a lot of people have talked about maybe the homesickness factor too, you know, you obviously being so far away from home. Did yeah. that play a role as well, or was it more just trying to change something up to, to find yourself a little bit? Yeah, it, I think the
1: homesickness thing
0: may be a tiny little bit in the back mm-hmm. of my
1: head. Um, I've never really been the homesick type. But that's not to say being 17 in a Kentucky environment uh, by yourself you know I'm not saying that that wasn't a thing I obviously thought about missing home and all that sort of thing but it wasn't a massive factor in it and I think it's just coincidence that I ended up playing in Australia yeah um, I was going to play in Europe to be honest I was I was pretty much ready to go to play in Europe but but then my hometown team just kind of competed with those offers and they just went back and forth and at the the end of the day I just went with what I thought was the best situation and I couldn't really beat being at home with my family for six months and playing in a really good league and um, earning good money. So it was kind of, I kind of just had to weigh up all options and it was just coincidence that the best offer came from my hometown, which looked kind of, you know, it looked like I was going home, you know, all that sort of thing, which I was, but He wasn't for the reasons a lot of people thought. It makes sense.
0: We'll get back into that interview with Isaac in just a bit, but right now I do need to tell you about I Am Third. I Am Third is based on a simple belief that Jesus Christ is first, others are second, and I Am Third. Founded in 1997, I Am Third Sports has grown to become the largest youth recreation program in Kentucky. They use their sports ministries to promote competitive youth athletics through a positive environment. They foster development through basketball, soccer, tennis, equine, and a variety of other sports in leagues, camps, and clinics. From June through August, they're offering the top of the line camps for all types of athletes soccer, basketball, golf, tennis, equine, baseball, volleyball, flag football, and even a Ninja Warrior course. To find out more about IM Third Sports and to register for summer camps, visit. I am third.org. That's I A M, the number three R D. So third, the number three R D. I am three R D. O R G. Or you can email I am third director Jeremy Hobbs at I am third at lexchurch.com. The third is with the three um, as well. So check out I am third.org. You are locked on Kentucky. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And then I will take this quick off-ramp just because this is now in the national news. Uh, That league, the NBL um, in Australia and uh, New Zealand, has gotten a ton of national attention because two high school stars are going to go play in there. uh, R.J. Hampton and now LaMelo Ball Mm -hmm. um, has signed up. If you can kind of talk us talk a little bit about the the competition level because those guys both cited the fact that this is a league that they think will get them ready for the NBA and to right. a certain extent it did that for you right
1: right yeah um, the NBL is it's it's gotten a lot better since I left Australia that's for sure and and I would never have even thought about playing in the NBL um, until I saw how good it had become. Uh, Larry Kesselman, who's the owner of the league, he's just kind of doing amazing things with it all and the branding. And um, he's just doing such good things with and just making all the right moves with the league. So I think it's just coming up and up and up. And obviously, we've had a couple guys go through that system and get to the NBA already. And then having these two new guys, um, it's just funny. I cannot, I know where LaMelo is going to play. It's 40 minutes from where I live, it's kind of the town next to me it just takes a while to get there but it's a it's not little but it's not a big town either it's I, kind of it's right I, on the beach it's like a surf town and i really? just i just can't really imagine the ball family in wollongong it's just <laughs> that's what it's called wollongong and i'm, I'm just glad thinking, i'm
0: glad you said that because i was going to struggle with the pronunciation when i was going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> wollongong yeah so it's 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 literally a surfing town like really? you go there to surf and and there's a universe there's like a big university there but that's pretty much it. Yeah. Though. So I'm I'm really struggling to see uh, a baller state in uh, in Wollongong. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you think the, uh, that Australia's ready for the big baller brand? I I've been thinking the same thing for the last 24 hours. I don't know how that's going to go, but I mean it's it's great exposure for the league, yeah. and they'll do really cool things for the league, and that's and and for basketball in Australia, and that's really all that matters for for us Aussies who play in America. That's yeah. kind of all we care about. Just really mm-hmm. like keeping that that basketball kind of vibe alive over there
0: i think and i don't know if you participated in these but was it this uh pre or the one before where there were some games some exhibition games right between the nba and the yeah. nbl
1: yeah that's like a thing they do every, Did, before every year were yep. you in you were you in I one i played in one yeah. against utah yeah against the jazz in utah so um you see they'll probably do that again um I don't know who they're doing it yeah. with, but usually yeah. they'll do it every year. I think it's kind of becoming like a little partnership. Yeah,
0: thing. I think that, that. I think that you know people have questioned that decision because it's kind of new, but I think it makes just a ton of sense for yeah. those guys uh, trying to get a pro career going if yeah, they don't exactly. want to go the the college and route. I mean, it's
1: just it's a good game, like, and it's an experience for. Uh, apart from maybe one or two, max five guys on every NBL team, like no one's ever getting that experience ever again. Mm-hmm. So to be able to do that for some of the guys who have kind of just been through that Australian system and just stayed in that Australian system. It's a really cool experience for them.
0: Is there any examples of guys that, you know, were on your team over there that, you know, weren't were just kind of trying to get that experience, or were they all pretty much pro guys that have played basketball their whole whole lives?
1: Uh, I mean there were there were guys who um because I mean it's like in Sydney. Sydney's a massive city, obviously. It's a huge city and that's the only pro team we really have in Sydney, the Sydney Kings. So they try to nurture kind of young guys and help gotcha. them out, and usually you'll find some up and coming junior stars like at practice and training with us and stuff like that. So there are always those guys who are kind of young and just around it and haven't seen yeah. anything. But for the most part, I mean, I mean, Perry Ellis was on my team. So really? for the most part, like uh, from Kansas, do you remember? Yeah, Perry oh Ellis? yeah, oh yeah. He he was on my team. So for the most part, like we, uh, it was all a bunch of like actual pros, mm-hmm. like kind of just. Some had played in Europe for ten years and were just finishing their career back home, and like Bogut played mm-hmm. in the NBA. He's, he's in the NBA right now, but he played, um, you know, how many years in the NBA and just wants to finish his career in Sydney. So yeah, um, it's all a mixture of different people on the team. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a legitimate team, legitimate pros, yeah, legitimate league.
0: Now you talked about how you finished this season with on the NBA with the mm-hmm. Hawks. Um, was there what's everybody asked this question about like the welcome to the NBA was there a moment you're like you meet some guy because I was looking up some stuff on you and I saw the picture of you and Vince Carter Yeah, you know and so I mean you were teammates with Vince Carter who I'm sure you know you saw all the highlights when you were a kid
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean how it was it was crazy um, meeting Vince and like kind of just being around Vince was so cool uh, because I mean growing up in Australia we don't really get basketball like aired on TV I mean we do now but yeah. back then it wasn't a thing so um, I honestly didn't really know that 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 much about Vince Carter because I just never saw anything. So uh, I kind of was learning as I was going and just hearing experiences straight from him was just was insane. And then we got to go to his house and kind of look around his house and his basketball facility he has there. And um, I remember when I got my first start, I just walked over to him and I'm like, "Oh my god, dude! Like, <laughs> I'm about to start on Giannis, and I've played two games in the NBA." Like. <laughs> Do you have any advice? Like, help me out here. And he just told me to kind of calm down and take every moment as it comes and just he's into it, Um, which is all such, you know, common sense advice, but in that moment you just don't even think straight and you just need someone to tell you some very obvious things. So uh, that was kind of a really – that were really cool moments. Um, But welcome to the NBA moments. I mean, I just got blocked every single time, like I tried to do anything (laughs) – no, I'm really joking, but uh, I, um, I did get a couple big blocks. Well, not me, but some people hit yeah. to me pretty hard. It was a definite welcome to the NBA moment. So you just don't realize how athletic everyone yeah. is. You know, like, They'll be nowhere near you, and then all of a sudden, they're blocking you at the rim. So it's just something that you need to get used to, and I just, first two two games, I just wasn't used to that. So yeah. how'd, you, how'd you do against Giannis? I actually think I did okay. I mean... <laughs> I uh, got a couple stops, I think, and I think, I mean, I, yeah. I, maybe, I think I blacked out, to be honest. But, <laughs> um, but no, I remember hitting a three, like, on Giannis. He was legitimately yeah. closing out, and he was, like, on, he was on Giannis, so... That's a pretty cool little thing to have,
0: yeah. I guess. Do you have the picture that's like framed or I would just make it, If I mean, if I was you, I would make it in my phone background, just yes. show it to people all over no, the no, place. I've never seen it. No, no.
1: Uh, I'm not great at looking up things like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's probably for the best, yeah, you know, right. like reading your own headlines yeah, and exactly, stuff. But yeah. I mean, other than Giannis, I mean, it is, was it kind of crazy to be, I mean, I know you trained for that moment, but once you step into it, was, was there anybody else that just surprised you? You're like, you know, you're starting on Giannis. You're defending a guy who hasn't won it at this point, but I think is probably the presumed MVP, and if worse, the second. You know, in yeah. that in that finishing. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you match up with any other people that you would kind of maybe looked up to or modeled your game after? Uh. Hmm. I think
1: playing Lamarcus Aldridge uh, with the Spurs, mm-hmm. he was. Um, I had I really like the way he- I really like his mid-range game and like his turnaways and and yeah. his fadeaways out of the post. So being like guarding him and having him guard me was was really cool cuz you could kind of like uh, I remember when I came out of Kentucky my agent said to me like I think I really want you to kind of look watch LaMarcus Aldridge mm-hmm. and kind of just see how he moves in that mid-range and um so I did and it was just really cool to be able to play him. Uh in, my, first, in like my debut, that was like my first game against, yeah. with the, Spur, uh, against the Spurs. So uh, that was really cool. And uh, playing against Brook Lopez was pretty cool too. I don't know why. I just think that was
0: cool. Yeah, yeah I guess those are guys that you kind of model your game at. Yeah, and you was, just,
1: they're people you know and you, yeah. you know of and you've heard around the league a lot. And um, it's just really cool to, it was really cool to just be there and just feel yeah. normal.
0: It's one thing to model, like to kind of watch tape on a guy and be like, I can play like that, but to be Mm -hmm. up against him, I'm guessing, you know, you can take your knowledge to another level, which Mm is, I'm sure, very exciting in the moment. Yeah, it is. It was, for sure. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Get rewarded. Been telling you guys about Twillery for a little bit now. Um, today, let's get into the performance shirts. The performance shirts have performance fabric, which is not surprising. Tailored for the hustle. When the hustle brings the heat, you need a shirt that can take it. Meet the Twillery Performance Shirt, a game-changing combination of fashion and function that's engineered to deliver superior style in any situation. Crafted from hyper-breathable four-way stretch fabric, with shirts featuring. PoolMax, moisture-wicking technology to keep you dry, and their proprietary non-iron treatment to keep you wrinkle-free. So go ahead, dream bigger, grind harder, and push farther. Just know that when it comes to looking good, the performance shirt has your back. No sweat. Literally. How do you get a performance shirt from Twillery? Go to twillery.com slash locked on. That's T-W-I-L-L-O-R-Y dot com slash locked on. When you're checking out, use the promo code Locked On and that's going to get you $25 off. So go to Twillery.com slash locked on and use that promo code Locked On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $25 off your order. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I guess we'll we'll circle back to, to music here and kind of take it. Not exactly the same role, but start from the beginning. Um, Your music, your love for music. I'm guessing. When did that did that start from from childhood, or did you pick it up a little bit later?
1: Yeah, it was from childhood. Uh, Ever since I remember, I've enjoyed music or anything kind of music related. Um, So I guess I kind of my mom identified that and and sent me to an elementary school that was kind of performing arts based. It had a lot of uh, options and things you could do. Uh, in the performing arts, which was pretty cool. Um, so I, that's kind of where I started singing and learning instruments and stuff like that. Um, but I really didn't get serious with it until uh, I'd say thirteen or fourteen. I kind mm-hmm. of, um, it kind of, I kind of lost it for a little bit, to be honest with you. Like I, uh, I was like, I didn't ha- really have a great kind of end of my elementary, start of high school type. Because we don't have middle school, so Mm -hmm. we just go straight from elementary to high school. Um, And I didn't really have the best time there with like bullying and stuff like that. So I kind of, a lot of my interests and a lot of the things I did kind of got uh, just really stopped because I just, I didn't really want to do anything anymore just because of the judgment and everything like that. So um, I just kind of played basketball and that was it. Uh, And then when I moved schools... Uh, high schools uh that's kind of when it like all picked up again and i started um teaching myself piano and got really comfortable on the piano and then uh i did more singing and more kind of shows and stuff like that within the school and would just perform outside of school as well all while training you know every single day with on like five different teams Mm -hmm. because australia you don't really just belong to one team you kind of have you have to do like at least five different teams because it's all You can't play this unless you play that. You can't do that unless you do both of them because it's kind of like all a real weird process. But um, so I'd have different trainings every single night as well as trying to kind of fit my music in. And it just really didn't, I really didn't have like much of a balance at all. Um, And then I kind of came over here and basketball has just always been my first priority. So I've always kind of put music on the back end a little bit uh, when basketball would get. Kind of really mm-hmm. intense. I'd always want to just focus a lot on basketball, but about a year, uh, about one or two years ago, uh, when I met my friend Stevie, who's um, uh, he's a celebrity vocal coach. So I met him, and he kind of just introduced me to a lot of really cool people and people in the music industry. And I was just kind of immersed in this music world, and I just loved it. And um, and then we kind of. Uh, planned this concert um Mm. seriously look i had the idea a while ago but we started really seriously planning the concert and it just gave me something to really work towards finally in music and i finally had something that i could um you know like every day i wake up and practice for the game like it's kind of you know you've got something that to work towards uh but for music i really just did it as a hobby and a release for me um but now it's really cool to have that perfect balance where i actually have something to work towards and that's obviously the concert on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been working a, a lot, you know, the last, over the last couple months and um, my uh, like, and we've been working uh, back in Lexington as well, mm-hmm. like, really trying to figure everything out and cross every, every T and dot every I. And I think we've put together a really awesome show and I'm really excited for the weekend.
0: If you don't mind, uh, real quick about the, the basketball stuff. Yeah. Like you have five different teams. Is that like a national oh, yeah. team
1: or how does that Yeah, so we play we do this thing called, um so we play club basketball. Okay. Then you can't play reps basketball which without playing club, and then you can't play state basketball without playing reps, so that's three, you all have to play you're yeah. all linked. Then you can't play nationals without playing state, States. so that's four, okay. that's all linked. And then I added on my high school team as well. So gotcha. I have, yeah, you know, five different okay. teams at once. That makes sense. Yeah, it's just it's all a lot. Um, but I would literally be practicing five days a week yeah. for a different team every day, which is just really weird, and then play on the weekends.
0: So. Yeah, I can see how you didn't have a ton of time. For <laughs> yeah, <music>. no, exactly.
1: <laughs> Although in saying that, my mom did drive me hours every night, kind of after basketball on uh-huh. Saturday and Sunday, um, to take me to gigs and stuff. So that was really cool of her. So
0: yeah, yeah. Did I, you ha- did you have a favorite kind of music that you liked? Growing up, or a artist that really spoke mm, to you?
1: Not really. I think I just um, I've always really gravitated towards that kind of John Legend vibe. I really like that, just piano and singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not really into like a whole lot of computer music or like I just really I just really am into like instruments and like real real kind of m- like music, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. So you talked about. Stevie what was it? Stevie, Stevie. Ma- Mackie Mackie yeah. that's what I thought introducing you to to a lot of people we I asked you this question about the NBA mm-hmm. was there kind of a moment where you're in LA and you're like holy crap I just met <laughs> you know so and so or anything oh, along yeah. those there's,
1: lines there's a moment like I say um, I call them Stevie moments and every single time I'm with him you just you never know who it's going to be or what it's going to be but there is always something like you can, and it's just it's never cuz he just knows everybody over there in the music industry you just walk down the street and you'll just run into one of the biggest, like LA Reid or something like one of the biggest music producers yeah. ever, and it's just like seeing a friend. You know, it's just so weird. Um, again, there's just so many of them. Yeah. But uh, obviously, when, the first time I met Jennifer was was obviously massive, but but I mean, I, and you're I f- talking about. J-Lo. Yeah, sorry.
0: <laughs> no, it's all good, just making it clear to the audience. Yeah,
1: j um, So, the first time I met her, that was pretty cool. Um, but I knew that they were really close, yeah. so it was kind of not like meeting a celebrity. It was kind of like I knew that they were all very close, and I was already pretty close with her. all of her friends. Mm-hmm. I just hadn't quite met I just hadn't met her yet. Um, so, you were prepared for that one? It I was prepared yeah. for that one, yeah. like, I, And I knew all the people around, so they were all kind of like, Oh, I was like this, I was like that, and we were all just talking. So it wasn't like just meeting a yeah. random person. It was kind of like a really nice kind of interaction. So um, that I remember that the first time, uh, but um, just a couple times, like like Hollywood parties, like just like not parties, but barbecues. Like, yeah, um, going to those Hollywood mansions, and you never know whose house it is, but just everyone's there. Like Tom Ford's there, just tommy hill figure like they're all just there and you're like what <laughs> it's a really weird world it's such a weird world <laughs> do, I mean, do you interact with those types of people or
0: do you just kind of just well you, mean, you
1: try your best yeah I met, um wolfgang puck the other night like wow super <laughs> random but they're just these people they're just everywhere and everyone you'll you find out that everyone knows everyone so yeah you'll go to a party and i mean I, I went to one of jennifer's shows and kobe was there because he's yeah. friends with a-ron so it was kind uh-huh. of it's just a very weird little world that you
0: just get little immersed in, and it's fun. I'm interested. Are they like? Do they want to know your story? Because I'm sure, Sometimes. like, well, this is. I don't know how this will sound, but you, I'm sure you stick out. Yeah, I so, do. Yeah, because you're seven foot tall. Right. You know, and I mean, you're at this thing with all these other like, who's the tall kid with the Australian yeah. accent? You know, I mean,
1: yes, yeah, so they, uh, they, they are always people are always wanting to like know who who I know or who I'm yeah. like, how I'm in that room, pretty much because. You think when you think about it everyone in that room knows someone or does something that is le- legitimate as to why they're in that room. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so everyone just wants to know kind of why a 7-foot human being from Australia <laughs> is standing in J Lo's dressing room after yeah. a show. Like that's what they want to know. So um and it's 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 just it's really funny. Like I don't know, you just kind of you get used to all the it's kind of it's quite flattering, honestly. Like, you, yeah, it's pretty fun because all these really cool people like are super interested in you and they want to know about you. So, uh, yeah, Hi, I'm Wolfgang. I was like, oh my god, okay, <laughs> I know who you are. So, <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. a lot of you don't need to introduce yeah, yourself exactly. to me. As soon as he said Wolfgang, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I know, I know that. It <laughs> was really cool. That was like one of those really random, but I'll t- hey I'll take it like that's yeah. a really cool person to meet like type things so yeah that was a really cool one I guess
0: did you ask for any cooking tips <laughs> no <Nah. laughs>
1: he's a really cool person actually he was more interested in the, the basketball and the height to be honest with you really but, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I imagine there's a ton of sports fans that oh, are really yeah. ready, ready to tech- talk a year every, everyone is an NBA fan
1: you find so and everyone just loves basketball it's an American sport we mm-hmm. just love it so uh, yeah everyone's always interested
0: now, your plan um, for this summer league is you're going to be with the Clippers. Yep. Um, so you'll kind of be able to, I guess, summer leagues in Vegas and, and those yep. kind of things. But uh, what is your expectations You know, with the Clippers? What are your goals? What are you trying to uh, do with well, them?
1: Well, I, re- I really want to play well at summer league. That's kind of my first goal. I'm mm-hmm. kind of just working every day, working out, just kind of getting ready to be ready for summer league. Um, and then however well I play at summer league will determine what sort of a contract I'll get with mm-hmm. the Clippers. So, uh yeah, I'm just really now focusing on performing at summer league and just being confident mm-hmm. and precise with everything I do. Just kind of how I was last year, just snowballing off of a really cool season last year.
0: And then speaking of performing, we'll wrap. But uh, talking about your, you know, your performance again, yeah. um, I guess you know this isn't your first public performance, obviously. And I guess you had one in the state of Kentucky that was pretty uh, important when you sung at yeah. your former teammate's wedding, right?
1: Yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> I love doing that.
0: What's more pressure, you know, to, 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 to be at a moment where you're singing, you know, on someone's big day or to yeah. be in front of an opera house? I don't know. That's a
1: good question because I rarely get nervous, even for basketball games. Like, I'm just really, rarely nervous. Um, but the thing is, for basketball, I do it all the time. So, I kind of know exactly what to expect and what to do. For singing, like, I don't perform as much as I play basketball. So, I really don't know how to prepare for what's got to happen on sunday i really don't know i think i, I know i'll be fine obviously yeah. but i don't know like what how to prepare for it and for Killian Derek's wedding i was just most worried about like not getting the words right or because they have obviously chosen that song for a reason you yeah. know and they've chosen me to perform that song yeah. and i was just like oh my gosh what if i get the words wrong like the words mean so much to them like that's why they've chosen it and that was a bit stressful that day but <laughs> it's all good i, I got it done
0: And then they approved, I'm I'm guessing. Yes, they did. They loved it. So it all worked out good?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Uh, Why did you choose the Ronald McDonald House as uh, the charity Uh, to benefit the concert?
1: Well, firstly, when I was here, I would just drive past it almost every day and would always want to go in there and help out. Um, But I just, the, the Kentucky life just got the better of me and I never got a chance to really go in and really help out. Uh, and then when I had the idea my freshman year, it just had always kind of been the Ronald McDonald House. It just, I just really liked the idea that they were on campus, and I loved the idea of what they do. And um, I've known about the Ronald McDonald House for a while because um, they kind of pushed it in school in Australia. They, it's kind of like a – it's a big thing over there. We we all kind of know about it over mm-hmm. there, as everyone does here yeah. too. But um, from in school, we kind of learn about it. So I knew about what they did and how good they are to families and – um, when I, I guess when we were planning this whole show, I just loved the idea of being able to give back to families um, cuz I remember when I was at Kentucky, Cal would always talk about how they're helping us and our families get to ma- uh, get to make our dreams a reality, you know, all that sort of thing. Um and that it's and we're all very family oriented in Kentucky basketball program. It's very very much a family-based program, I would say. And um to be able to kind of give back to other families and and especially a community that took me in uh, and helped me so much, uh, was that's kind of the, a very big reason as to why I chose um, the Ronald McDonald House just because of A, what they do and how incredible it is and and B, just the, the community and the Lexington community and it being right on campus. I just mm-hmm. loved that.
0: Uh, so I'll let you give the details again about the show, mm-hmm. where to get tickets and all those things.
1: Yeah, so uh, – Sunday, the twenty third of June at six PM at the Lexington Opera House. Uh, tickets are on sale at Ticketmaster com, or they uh, ticket links are all over my socials in the bios uh, of my Twitter page and my Instagram page. Um, Hit them with the handles, or yeah, my handle—they're the same. So it's at Isaac Humphreys Seven. So uh, mm-hmm. one S, not two <laughs> S's. Some people think it's two S's <laughs> sometimes, but yeah, Isaac, Isaac Humphrey Seven um, is my handle and you can find all the information there and, uh, or at the uh, Lexington t- uh, box House. office, yeah, the yeah. Opera House box office and their website also has tickets. Uh, so again, yeah, I'm just, we just really want to get as many people in there as we can so we can raise as much money as mm-hmm. we can for the families and um, for <clears throat> a really cool organisation.
0: All right, and we'll send out a tweet from our social as well. Uh, Finally, you're familiar with me. I ask some goofy questions sometimes. (laughs) Do you have like a quintessential Australian story from growing up that I know you're a city guy, so this might not be, you know, you might not work into like the the stereotypes. Or maybe you could flip it on the head if you wanted to, where someone assumed something about you being Australian that was just completely wrong um, when you got over stateside. (laughs) Because I'm sure a lot of people – either give you hit you with the crocodile dundee.
1: Oh yeah. It's always the shrimp on the barbie. That's always a thing. And the funniest part about all of that is <clears throat> we don't even call shrimp shrimp. Like we Australians call them prawns because we have fresh prawns. Like that's kind of what it is. So when everyone always says shrimp on the barbie, it's like that doesn't even make sense to any Australian ever because that's not even what we call it. Um also the uh the Foster's joke. Look, the Foster's beer joke is so old. No one drinks Foster's. It's like not a beer. No one ever drinks. Yeah, the Foster's joke and the Trimpe on the Barbie jug is always one I, I get all the time. That
0: is just so incorrect but anyway
1: people will so, do it
0: <laughs> so if someone sees you on the street leave the shrimp on the barbie and the foster yes. joke <laughs> and just say isaac <laughs> yeah that became that, <laughs> that might, was funny that, that might have been your like first moment yeah, into like how things catch fire in kentucky because i well i was producing segments about like we did them like yeah. how do you actually say this name because now there might be some different that,
1: that went everywhere Oh,
0: well, it's fine. Isaac, man, thank you so much for your time, and good luck uh, with your performance on Sunday. Thanks very much. Thanks to Isaac Humphries for his time today. As he mentioned, follow him on social. Go to his event if you're in Lexington. Awesome event, and just awesome guy. Um, And he's really good at singing. If you've seen any of his work, he's a very talented dude. He ain't hanging around with J-Lo's vocal coach if you stink, guys. So get out there, and... Go check out his performance at the Lexington Opera House. We will retweet and tweet those details from the show account. Speaking of the show account, you can find us at Locked On UK on Twitter. We are also on Instagram now, at the same handle, at Locked On UK. You can follow me at Curtis Birch, Burch, B U R C H. Find us on Facebook, just search Locked On Kentucky. We got the group popping, we got the page. You can like both places. Uh, and start some conversations there. if you have any questions, feel free to reach out on any of the platforms. Also please rate, please review, please subscribe on whatever podcast player you use. And the most important thing you can do guys is share the podcast with somebody else who would enjoy it because that's how we spread the word. Thanks again to I am third sports that's I am the number three RD, um, dot org. go check them out if you have some kids that are looking to get involved in some athletic camp this summer. We'll talk to you guys soon. You are locked on Kentucky available on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry. I won't finish. You get the idea. Uh,
1: Really lock, uh, instruments and sorry.
0: Excuse me. Um, but, uh,